So I start to question if I am who I say I am, if what I'm fighting for is a lost cause. You know, just all the things that I know to be true, I start to question all of those things. And I start to experience a lot of doubt. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved. I'm joined by a very special guest slash friend slash somebody I haven't talked to in a very long time. She's a teacher. She's an educator. And Megan Nicholson is on. Actually, what are the pronouns you actually want me to use? Um, If you could use they, them, that would be great. It's just those are pronouns I'm exploring currently. Yeah, I love that. And it's actually a question that I want to dive into a little bit, especially in the world of wellness, because I love that we are bringing, um, yeah, more awareness and attention to the way people identify, because I feel like it really creates a, a level of respect and a level of seeing somebody else. And the only thing, uh, I can compare it to is, um, you know, my, my name, my not legal name, but it's like my birth certificate name is Rocio. And not a lot of people know that. And it got changed. Everybody calls me Rosie. My family calls me Rosie, but it changed in school because my kindergarten teacher couldn't pronounce it. So then it was like, oh, you're Rosie. It's easier for me. And I didn't actually think about it very much. It was kind of like, oh, I always had anxiety whenever anybody would call out my name because I knew that they weren't going to be able to pronounce it. But it wasn't until I was much older, like in my 20s, where it actually started the the sort of um, experience behind somebody not being able to say your name right and that little bit of anxiety where it's like people would kind of disregard it like oh it's not that big of a deal you know so I know that being identified by a specific pronoun that you feel more um, in alignment with is important because I compare oh it's as as important as somebody saying my name correctly because I've had these conversations with people that are like, oh, I don't understand what the big deal is. And I'm like, well, the big deal is somebody has a, a, a desire to be called by the right name, right? By their exactly. name. So anyway, sorry, I got on a little pedestal there <laughs> or pulpit. I was on my pulpit like <laughs> trying to trying to insert myself. Um No, I I think it's good to have those moments where you can find a parallel of understanding why uh, honoring people's pronouns and their names and 
every part about them, right, is so important. And um, I mean, we can go into the depths of all the education around this, but I what I will say, which we won't do today because we don't have enough time. But what <laughs> I, I like, will oh. say, you're like, no, nope, no time. Um, but what I will say is that there have been studies that have shown that when you affirm somebody in their identity, so that means using their correct pronouns, their names, uh, 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 referring to them in, in ways that feels really good and affirming to them, that it drastically decreases mental health risks mm. by, I mean, massive proportions. Wow. Um, and so I think, you know, we do always want to fit people in boxes, right? Like, with, with with your name, it's people started calling you Rosie because it was just easier, which is incredibly problematic and racist in and of, of itself, <laughs> you know, but that's very similar to what happens to uh, trans folks or gender nonconforming folks. It's like, I see you this way. And so I'm going to call you these things because it's what's comfortable for me. In the meantime, the person that you're misgendering or referring to in ways that doesn't feel good is causing reactions, internal reactions mm. in their body um, that, you know, could be linked to gender dysphoria, which is in the DSM-5 lift, list and is problematic, but for lack of a better of a better uh, phrase for it, it's a visceral reaction in people's bodies that then goes to their brains and creates psychological distress that tells them, I don't belong. I, my identity doesn't exist. Right. And so if that's happening to folks every, uh, all, all day long, then it's compounding. And then people may also like it in, in my like gender journey, I've definitely experienced every time I'm assumed, I experience the symptoms of being gaslit. Mm -hmm. So I start to question if I am who I say I am, if what I'm fighting for is a lost cause, you know, just all the things that I know to be true. I start to question all of those things and I start to experience a lot of doubt. And, you know, so I'm really passionate about folks really learning how to let go of those assumptions and to move more into a, uh, it, to me, it feels just like a more caring place. Yeah. Even down to, you know, anybody, what, what name would you like to be called? Not just giving people nicknames, right? Just because right. that feels good for you. Or, you know, even down to like, some people don't want to be called love or girl or dude, you know, even if they aren't queer or trans or gender nonconforming. So it, this is a practice for everybody, right? Yeah. It supports everybody being affirmed. Yes. Oh, this is so good. And I say that, and I'm, I'm a, a dude, I'm a dude-er. I dude everybody and I bro everybody. It's a Southern California thing. I don't know what it is, but even my <laughs> girlfriends, I'm like, bro, like this is, you know, so I, to me, it's interesting, you know, and I, I personally want to be educated and I want to, um, really, uh, honor people and I want to be able to, um, give people that respect, you know? So, so I'm always, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Obviously we wanted to talk about this just to give people a little background. I know we kind of went in, but, um, Megan and I did a training together years ago. 
I don't uh, even, was it like 2015 or oh, 14? Wow. I, I, oh, I it was a know. while ago. It's a really <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think when Wanderlust studio Hollywood just opened, I can't yeah. even remember, but it's well, been many it was years. a few years after it opened, but yeah. Okay. Anyway. And she, oh, see, huh? You got it. They, <laughs> back then it was different, right? But they were so loving and just awesome. Like they just had this cool vibe about them and they were just very like, not everybody was, not everybody in the class was as, um, yeah, excited about learning about new things and le we were learning a specific system of teaching and I don't know why but I just re really resonated with them and I'm, I'm so happy to have you on the show to talk about this because one of the main things that we discussed briefly was this whole idea about inclusivity and inclusivity, especially in the wellness space. Yeah. So where, especially after the year that we've had with a lot of people being way more vocal and now are being more um, magnified, the voices are being magnified. There's been more attention put on it. Where are the holes still and how can we continue to do better, especially in the, and I don't remember exactly because I know we keep adding, it's the SBA, LGBTQ. Oh, the 2S LGBTQIA plus, plus community. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, again, educating, you know, it's like I have to, I have to learn and I do have, I mean, I grew up with um, having um, uh, gay uncles and, and mm -hmm gay aunts that identified you know in in their own experience especially they were they've been that way like my entire life and to just hear the um you know the disrespect that would come with with people's um prejudices and mm -hmm. lack of education and how upsetting that was for them um, yeah I'm so happy now that this is a, a bigger conversation and as uncomfortable, I mean, it's uncomfortable for me because like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Like I don't want right. to offend anybody. And I think that that's the biggest problem. It's like, so because you don't want to offend, you just don't say anything. That's not the point either. Right. Right. Like, we see that in, you know, the practice of anti-racism. A lot of people get stuck because they don't want to say, you know, um, speak things out that need to, that need to be called out because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And, um, you will be corrected, <laughs> you know, and as scary as it is, you have to start somewhere. Um, and I'm within the wellness industry in particular. I mean, I taught yoga for probably five, six, seven years, something like that. And I uh, moved away from teaching yoga during COVID because it was a really great time to, <laughs> to go a completely right. different direction. And I was really being pulled in more of the education realm and really, really supporting my community. But I was able to really see the work that needs to be done within the wellness industry being so immersed in it. And I also taught a, um, a queer and trans 
only yoga class uh, weekly for like five years or something like that. And part of the class, we would practice yoga, asana, meditation, pranayama. And then the last half hour, we would sit in a, like a tea circle and just discuss a topic of the night and, you know, hearing everybody's experiences and why most of them only practice yoga with me. Um, because, which is, you know, you would think in Los Angeles of all places that (laughs) it would be very open and welcoming, but it's not. And what's really disheartening about it is that, uh, these tools and practices are most needed for marginalized people, right? Um, they're a healing space to be used, um, in these containers to, be removed from the world that doesn't want them to exist, period, right? So to then go into a wellness space, and it's just already a vulnerable space, and then to be met with harm, um, mostly covertly, meaning it's done very subtly and probably without the harm doers understanding that they're even causing harm, right? But that's the issue, is, is that lack of understanding. And so it's everybody's responsibility to learn and to do better. And it is a practice, right? And it takes time and it's a forever, it's a lifelong practice. It is, it is yoga, right? Like, you know, if we get down to the roots of yoga, social justice is a part of it. And every person is included in the practice. And not only that, uh, the place where it's from, India, they have their own gender nonconforming person named uh, Hidra, I believe, and they're revered. They're spiritual beings, and you know they can be along the spectrum of trans or non-binary or gender nonconforming or intersex. And so, if we're going to really do the practice of yoga, then you have to do the whole practice, right? And so. It's, it's very clear whenever a trans person or a queer person uh, walks into a space and it, the person who is teaching or leading hasn't done any work. It's very apparent um, in so many different aspects, right? Like the way that you talk in, about or refer to bodies, the way you ass- assume people's pronouns, um, the way you cue and lead the class. I mean, it's, it's very apparent whenever it's not a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, and like I said before, that if we think about this work is for everybody, all people, right? Like this liberates, this work liberates us all. Um, it's work that has to be done for everybody. And not only that, uh, I dealt with an issue with a colleague of mine. Their name is uh, Tristan Katz. We dealt with, uh, we put out a public statement. I don't know if you saw this whole thing, but it was uh, the Jay Brown Yoga podcast. He put out a really incredibly transphobic um, podcast episode with a woman named Kachi Ananda who kind of just spews like these conspiracy theories. She's very much a TERF, which we call, it stands for uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist. And she in the yoga space uh, spread lies that now people believe because it's their convenient lies to believe, right? Because then it means we don't have to do any work. Um, We don't have to confront these things that make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, beyond just learning language, there are actual transphobic, really 
high threats happening in yoga and wellness spaces that then trickle out into bigger things that are happening like in policy, right? Like we have this year, like I think it's 144 anti-trans bills introduced all over the nation, right? And it starts with these ideologies and these conversations. That's where these stem from. So the more of us that are doing this work, the more that we can support the entirety of, of all the work that needs to be done to support the entirety of the 2S LGBTQIA plus community. Right. Oh, I love that so much. Like how, how can we begin that process? You know, for the people that have a desire to learn, like where do they begin? I I'm looking at it from the perspective of teachers specifically because you're holding space for everybody. So if you're holding space for everybody, it, it's not, you're not required to do anything. Right. But to me, if that, if your desire is to lead people through the practice of yoga, it's important for everybody to be seen. And I think about it the same way as anti-racism works, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you have to be an anti-racist. You have to be able to educate yourself in a way that people feel welcome and not as a way for you to feel bad about yourself, but it's like, it's learning educate yourself you think about the moments when i'm speaking again specifically to yoga teachers we all started from somewhere we didn't know anything we didn't know how to teach a class we didn't know how to hold the space we didn't know how to do anything we have to humble ourselves to not know anything that's part of the process of learning and i think to me i i it's uncomfortable to to not know right it's uncomfortable to not know but instead of just glazing over it and making somebody else feel unseen ask the questions right like educate yourself in a way so that you feel more equipped to uh, be open to holding space for everybody so in saying that how how do we begin this process? Like, is this an individualized type of thing where somebody comes into our life that says, these are my pronouns, this is what I identify as, or is it on us to figure it out without asking somebody? Um, It's every person's responsibility to do the work, whether or not you have somebody in your life. Um, It's also really important to know that it is not... um, a trans or non-binary or gender non-conforming person's job to educate you. I've signed up for this work. This is the work that I do. And there are plenty of people who do it. Um, and so there's lots of spaces that you can go to, to learn. Um, I, I host a lot of workshops. I host a lot of workshops specifically for wellness and movement practitioners. So you can, you know, learn with me. I also suggest learning with lots of other folks because I, you know, the, the whole community is everybody, right? Like there are black trans folks there. I mean, we're everybody, right? There are disabled trans folks. So you have to really be in the entirety of all of the work. And I, as a white person have, and an able-bodied person have a, a lot of privilege in the community. And so I'm working to expand my lens too, right? To be able to hold the whole community in a really intersectional way. However, there's always going to be things that I miss because it's not a part of my lived experience 
experience. And so it's really important that you're learning from people of all different identities, right? Um, Because we're all going to have different lenses and ways of teaching and, and also that you're going to have to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again for you to really get it. And, and that's normal, right? And so I would say being in learning spaces is the best place to start, right? Because you have to, the first step is like dismantling all your biases around gender or like learning what you don't know about yeah. it and queer identities as well, right? Like the entirety of, of all of the identities, Um, another really great, uh, organization is the trans yoga project. Um, it's eight, they're eight members and they're all trans and they are doing incredible work, um, educating within the yoga community. And so I highly recommend them. Uh, my colleague, Tristan Katz, they are an incredible educator as well. Um, maybe we can put some resources yeah. in yeah, the show we'll notes. Definitely, we'll definitely add all of those links. Okay, cool. Notes. But yeah, so I would just say that that's a really good place to start and to also understand that that's not the end point, right? Like a right. lot of people think, I just learned how to say things in the right, quote unquote, right way. And then I'm good to go. And, it, and it's like, no, that's actually just like where you began, right? Because what I want you to do is to let go of any need to assume in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. that we look at somebody and we just know who they are, right. right? Like that's what we're dismantling there. But that's the first step because there's much, there's many more things happening in the world that need everybody's help and support. Yes. But expanding your knowledge around lived experiences outside of your own is the first place to start. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Um, it just reminds me, uh, growing up I, in a very um, the majority Hispanic neighborhood, but as I got older, I went to high school in um, Alhambra and Monterey Park, which is has a large population of um, different types of Asian cultures and mm. learning that not everybody's Chinese. There's Vietnamese, there's Filipino, there's right. Indonesian, there's, you know, uh, Korean, there's all these different types of um, uh, different cultures within the Asian community and the South Asian community. Yeah. Um, so understanding that the more we know, the the more we can really create that container space. And it's not right. like what you're saying. It's like, it's not just about knowing the language and sounding like you know what you're talking about. It's really about having other people feel seen and heard. Right. And I think that it's, it really is an important conversation for us to have. Um, what do we do in a, in a situation where, yeah, like we can identify people that are a little bit more resistant and that maybe don't want to learn I was going to say conform but it's like that's kind of a harsh word to say as well yeah. it's like to conform to the new ways we're moving it. away from conforming yeah right um yeah but so like just to educate ourselves to learn more um I'm thinking about what you just said earlier I and I I don't know about I I think I saw you post something about the situation with this um person on on 
Jay Brown's podcast. Yeah. I'm not, I've not listened to it. Um, ever. So <laughs> Please <I'm>, don't. <laughs> yeah. So That's I don't, awful. I don't know, like in a situation like that, you know, and this isn't a, it's not a call for people to perpetuate more of that. Like, Oh, let's call this person out or cancel this person because I'm also not a fan of that. I think Mm -hmm. it's important for us to take responsibility and to educate ourselves and do our best to make sure that our people, especially, um, you know, people that feel marginalized, that they feel protected. I mean, that's the whole idea. It's like, how do we create a container where everybody feels seen where everybody um, feels heard, specifically this community. You know, it's like to be margin. I mean, I remember during the Black Lives Matter movement and it was like Black Trans Lives Matter. Like this was a big thing. And and I didn't feel like that got as much attention as it should have, you know. Oh, no, it it doesn't. Like you don't hear about the Black trans women specifically that are killed. Like we don't see that in mainstream media, right? So there are really big conversations to be had and it's really urgent. Um, the numbers of black trans folks that are murdered every year are going up and up and up and nobody knows about it because it's not in mainstream media. Right. And so I feel like, you know, within accountability, which is the process that we went through with Jay Brown, which actually did end up moving into what I would call not canceling, but divesting um, because we needed people in our community to know that he is not safe and we needed our allies to stand in solidarity with us. Um, So there's accountability processes like that, that then sometimes have to turn into divestment just for to in that protection in the centering divestment is and what the difference between divestment and canceling is. Well, somebody who has a lot of privilege cannot be canceled. It's just not going to happen, right? Like canceling meaning that they lose their entire career. It's not going to happen, um, especially in an industry that's predominantly run by by white cis folks, right? So um, it's just not going to happen. So divesting meaning that we are pulling away from his teachings, from supporting the podcast, Um, because when you, it's kind of like that conversation, right? Whenever you are supporting really problematic major corporations, you're voting with your dollar. It's the same thing whenever you're, and also what, why, why would we want, why would you want to take yoga with somebody who isn't in the actual work of yoga? Right. So that's what I mean by divesting, by pulling away, um, so that's part of of the process is like whenever the folks who are marginalized are speaking out on something and there and there's clear calls to action for you to stand in solidarity you have you have to even if you don't fully understand right if an entire community is coming forward and saying ouch this hurts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you have to listen and you have to take those actions um And then another way is just to continue building your community and, 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 and talking, you have a lot of privilege with people that you know really well. Right. And so what gets really exhausting for, 
folks in the community having to speak up about their own identities, especially those who have multiple marginalizations, it's exhausting, right? And so it's really helpful whenever allies are doing the work and they're learning, and then they can have the conversations with those that are close to them. It doesn't mean that the change for that specific person or that group of people will happen right away. But if you keep showing up and keep bringing it up, right? Like that's, that's part of the work, which is also uncomfortable, right? You're essentially confronting people, but that's also part of the work from dismant or like divesting from whiteness as like an overarching culture, right? Um, so it's all a part of the greater work of uh, dismantling white supremacy and creating a better world for all people. Um, it's all a part of it. It's all, all these systems are intertwined. This episode is brought to you by True Niagen. I used to feel completely drained and exhausted after my morning runs, but that's not the case anymore. I love True Niagen. True Niagen fuels the body's energy engines and maintains cellular metabolism and even supports heart health. I have way more energy now. With 11 published human clinical studies and backed by Nobel Prize winners, True Niagen is a supplement that's clinically proven to boost NAD levels an essential coenzyme required for cellular health and repair. Since I started taking Truniagen, it really helps my muscles recover after I run or anytime I use my tonal. I just feel like I have more zest, more vitality, and I'm just really feeling like it's truly supporting my overall health. It only took a few weeks before I started to notice the difference. I even ordered some Truniagen for my parents so that they can experience more sustained energy throughout the day. And right now, for all of our listeners, True Niagen is giving 10% off of your first order. So visit True Niagen forward slash Rosie. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N dot com forward slash Rosie to save 10% off of your first purchase. True Niagen dot com forward slash Rosie. Did someone order a warm, comforting scent with a double shot of clove, a splash of creamy chocolate, and a dollop of sandalwood? Great smells coming right up. Okay, but seriously, when I was reading the descriptions to all of these new native scents coming this fall, uh, it made me hungry. Okay, but let me, let me back up a little bit. Do you know the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirants contain aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Native deodorant does not contain aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals, and it works to keep you smelling fresh all day. And you all know that they have been a huge supporter of this podcast for many years. I also have to say that I was using Native way before we started to work with them. Native deodorant is made with ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. You wear deodorant every day. Shouldn't you be able to understand the ingredients list? Making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. It was the only thing I would wear anytime I would have those summer long days when I was teaching at the Wanderlust festivals and it kept me smelling nice. Like I wasn't embarrassed to talk to students after a sweaty class. Also, for those of you trying to cut down your plastic use, Native has a deodorant made of 100% paperboard packaging. Don't just take my word for it. 
Check out over 15,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who switched to Native. You're going to love it as much as I do. Right now, you can save 20% off of your first purchase. So go to nativedo.com forward slash loved. Use promo code loved at checkout. That's nativedo.com forward slash loved or use promo code loved at checkout and you'll save 20% off of your first purchase. And be sure to check out the new fall coffee house collection, oat milk latte, matcha and sweet cream, Earl Grey and Mulberry, all available now. So consider your morning ritual upgraded. A special thank you to Native for supporting our show. It's always fun to rub up against those edges of our own belief system and our own unconscious conditioning that we may have because you know as a yogi you think oh I've not discovered this or what are my um assumptions or what are, where are my blind spots in this right um where it's like if it's not part of your ecosystem it's easy to disregard and to say oh mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter that's not for me I mean these conversations started um a few years ago actually my older sister's um educator she's a a teacher at a a uc system i'm like i don't know i don't actually know she's a teacher (laughs) i'm like is it uc or it's just a college she teaches for college she's english literature teacher (laughs) and um but these are conversations that she brought up many years ago Mm -hmm. you know as like the education system begins to change and her, right. her her partner who's also an educator at a, a a private university here in LA um they were the ones bringing this information into the fold and i just it, it was so fascinating for me to hear like okay how does this how does this apply to my life and i'm like oh i'm a teacher in a public space right. so that means that my responsibility as somebody in a public space to know and assume that there will be people who feel marginalized, who want to be seen, who want to be acknowledged and to do the work that it's going to take in order to, to, you know, rub up against those hard edges and be like corrected and say the wrong thing and confront those unconscious biases within myself you know right exactly we don't like to think about we like to think oh yeah yeah, like oh I have a gay friend you know and it's like right okay and (laughs) so what that that doesn't mean it's like oh but you know um that doesn't mean you're educating yourself or, or having having the the dialogue necessary to make sure that everybody at large feels included it's like I have a gay friend it's like okay so So therefore I don't have to do any work yeah it's like (laughs) that's not how that works exactly I have a a Hispanic friend or I have a black friend and it's like yeah "Mm, no that's no that's no longer enough no and and I don't mean to say yeah I do it's really not I'm like I don't mean to say like I'm like yes I do (laughs) it's really not it's really not enough like we've graduated from the tokenism of exactly um, that experience and and now we're being called to level up and to Mm -hmm. move through this transformative process with our um with our community you know brothers sisters um non 
what is it non-gender identifying non-binary um people you know trans mm-hmm. everybody like every we have to interlock with each other and and go through this process together yeah yeah it it is very much a it's, it's really urgent right it's like aren't we all sick of living in a world where it's just so hard right <laughs> like it's just so hard just to be who you are yeah um and, you know, if you hold a lot of privilege, like maybe you don't identify with that, like maybe that's not your experience, but I bet there are other ways that you can kind of tune into where you're kind of held back from being yourself because of, of the way that dominant culture expects, expects us all to be. Um, yeah. So we very much need to all you know, link arms and to also understand that affinity spaces are going to be needed, meaning that um, it's going to take a while for, for spaces that are run by like cis white folks to become safer for all people. And so in the meantime, we're creating our own spaces, right? Like queer trans only spaces or BIPOC only spaces. Right. And, and these are really important spaces that are needed. And so I feel like, you know, also supporting with your marketing and with your money, to these affinity spaces or these people that are holding these affinity spaces um, is really important. And also I always say like hire trans people to come, you know, be a part of your yoga teacher trainings to bring this education. And not only that, hire trans people because they're great at teaching yoga because they have a lot to offer, right? People who are different than you bring a different lens. Uh, on whatever topic, you know, you, your space holds. Right. And so it's also just expanding, like, like you said, beyond tokenism, just so you can check it off the box. Um, why wouldn't you want a diverse group of people involved in your community? Like, wouldn't that make your space more rich? Wouldn't it make it, you know, just better all, all the way through? Um, so there, there's so many, you know, when we talk about like, if I consult somebody, it's going to take several sessions for a long time to really, uh, if, if I'm consulting a business, for instance, like it's going to take a long time to really change all the ins and outs. Right. I mean, this work is, it's a lot, it goes beyond, like I said, just learning gender inclusive language. It's so much more than that. Um, but you just have to, you just have to start. You just have to begin somewhere. Yeah. I love that. That is a great place to, um, to conclude. And by no means is this concluded, of course, (laughs) never, this just shows us how, how much work we need to, we need to do. And if anything, it's just supporting these movements and, and not even just a movement, just supporting and acknowledging, um, what is happening right now, the the revolution that's happening right now, the transformation that's happening right now. I think it's important for us to even just have the conversation, to ask questions, to educate ourselves, to do what is suggested and what they are saying to do, which is take action. I think that's yeah. the biggest, that's the, the biggest uh, misstep that we take. It's, we can yeah. acknowledge, we can you know, read an article on the New York Times and be like, oh, 
I know what cisgendered uh, men means or whatever. And it's like, okay, no, there's right. more to this. Experience. We can get really into, we can, a lot of the work stops at intellectualizing, right? And so, you know, I want to help folks put that in what you're learning and intellectualizing into action because that's where we need it. We need it in action. It's not helpful if it just lives up there in your head. Right. So, um, and then one more thing I want to leave people with is cause I know like a lot of people, if, if these are identities that are out of your scope, if you've never heard of them or it feels like, Oh my gosh, this is so new. Um, what I want to tell people is that pre-colonial times, these identities existed. These identities have been around always. It's just through the act of colonization. And I think out of like 200 and something countries in the world, like 200 of them have been colonized by Europeans. So this is a worldwide domination that then eradicated, whether through murder or assimilation, completely erased these identities, right? And so this process is really, really important for people to break free and to self-identify, right? Like this is a part of, of the deep healing that we all need from the effects of colonization. Like we all, we all hold trauma from that. And so if, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, this is so new, it's just too much. Just remember that it's not new. This is like literally since the beginning of time, these identities have existed and a multitude of cultures all over the world. So this is a reclamation process and it's really important for, for the, the movement, for the revolution, you know, as you were saying. So, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. And for the people that are listening to this or watching this, where can they go for more information? Yeah, uh, you can always follow me on the good old Instagram. I'm sure you all know it well. Uh, it's just my name, at Megan Nicholson. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you can sign up for my newsletter. Uh, it's at my uh, website, www.megannicholson.com slash subscribe. Um, and that way you're just kind of kept up to date with everything I offer. But Instagram is where I do most of the education. And you'll also always be updated on what I have going on, which is a lot cool. all the time. Yes, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> and we here at Radically Loved love them so much. And we're so grateful to have had this experience and to be able to open the door for this conversation. Um, thank you so much for reaching out. And it's anytime I see you or I see your face, I instantly get happy. So <laughs> there's always I that as well. So thank you so much. And for everybody listening, um, please share this with your friends or somebody who you feel would gain great value from. And um, we always love to hear your feedback on these conversations. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. All of the links that Megan mentioned will be in the show notes link. So you can go there and reach out to her directly. Um, but before I let you go, I will ask you the final question I ask everybody that's on the show. Oh, yes. I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do how, it. How do you feel radically loved? I feel most radically loved in community of, of like-minded folks who are doing this work on a really deep level. Um, that's where I feel most radically loved. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you for you having for me. Thank you for being here. And <laughs> thank you all for listening. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.